Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Wow. Mark chapter 10, you there? I believe that um, as I laid down last night, which I'm never one. I've, I've preached in some places. They've called me like three weeks in advance wanting to know the title of the message I'm preaching, the scriptures I'm going to use. And um, that's, I, I struggle with that. And so um, I like to just wake up. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times I really like to know where I'm headed by about Thursday or Friday. But I've learned to trust the Lord. And I, I just so this morning it was one of them. I left the house and about, I don't know, quarter to eight or something long in there and Kelly said, what you preaching? I said, I have absolutely no idea. But how many knows there's always something to preach? You with me? I got plenty on the iPad we can scroll through, but I got to find something that's got life on it. And so with the direction of this service, um, I just feel like I'm, I'm right on the right vein. There's a, there's a CD that I've listened to, I don't know, probably, I would say maybe at least a thousand times in the last two weeks, but it's by Corey Russell, and there's a, so- a song on there, what is it, uh, this, this, the Spirit of Jesus or something like that, yes, Bartimaeus, so, so anyhow, and I told Stanton, I said, I'm, I told him, I don't know, about two or three weeks ago, what I said, I'm going to preach on blind Bartimaeus, and, um, but this morning, I want to go there, and, uh, and so I just want us to look at some things that I feel like the Lord has just really highlighted to me uh, about this, um, about this text in Mark chapter 10, okay? And so uh, let's, let's read it together. We're going to preach, and we've got several people that's going to be baptized this morning. So come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise on that. Several people baptized. If you're getting baptized this morning, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Stick it up. Look at the people getting baptized right here. Come on. This is like our sixth week of um, and this morning. So um, I think the temperature in the tank's like 40 degrees. So you're going to think it's the Holy Ghost on folk, but it's just freezing water. No, I'm cutting up about that. But Amen. Mark chapter 10, you there? We had like uh, one time, um, I got some friends of ours that drove all the way from Alma. Raise your hands. If you from Alma, raise your hands. Church, pray hard. We got several Almians in here this morning. Now, but uh, good to have you here with us this morning. If you're, if you're visiting this house this morning, if it's your first time, if it's your first time here at the Cornerstone, raise your hand. Got a first time visitor right there in the back. Help them out, Gavin. We just got a gift we want to give you. All right, Mark chapter 10. <clears throat> As you find that, and I find it, we, uh, they'll remember this. We, we did a, I was preaching on baptism. And um, we did like, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 head. Remember we called Pastor Dale Carver if we could borrow his church. And he did let us use it or whatever. And it was in the middle of January. I remember it was the first of the year, if I remember right. And um, they, uh, Matt and I was going to do the uh, baptisms. And they forgot to, uh, they forgot to cut the heater on. And so after about 50 people, we got out there. I had purple legs. And uh, so, but everybody thought the Spirit of God was hitting them. And it was, uh, it was freezing water, but uh, it was good, though. Mark chapter 10, you there? All right. Adam, Mike, if you'll shift it right to some miners for me right there and help me out right here. We're, we're going we're gonna to get this plane in the air and get it, get it done. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Says now they came to Jericho. You there? I'm in verse forty-six. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a 
a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho, look at this, ain't much going on there in his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. The son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they, they called the blind man saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. In other words, I, I just want to see. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you, whole, your, made you well. And immediately he received his sight. Follow Jesus on the road. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together in the Word of God. And Father, we just pray, open our ears and let us hear, Father, what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Open our eyes and let us see, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. We do pray for fresh anointing, Lord God. We, do, we pray, God, that you would just help us this morning, God. Get to the place that we need to be at, Father. Help us this morning to think, like, think thoughts about ourselves the way you see us this morning, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. There's a couple of things that I just got on me that I want to go over this morning. And that is that, look at, look at this, let's look back because I want to preach this really verse by verse. Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem. Um, where, I don't know, forgot where I was at, right here, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho as he went there to Jericho, a great multitude and blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, set by the road, road uh, begging. First of all, notice what his name is, Bartimaeus. The word bar means son, means son. So it's just son of Timaeus, and then he repeats it, son of Timaeus. What I was, I, I, Julius called me this morning, wanting to come to church, and so I run down the road there to, to, to grab him. And as I was going, I just, I just kept hearing this thing about identity. As I just got into, I didn't know we were going to sing that song. Matter of fact, that's the first time. It's hard to believe that's the first time I've ever, I've ever heard the song that Tara sang. And so I don't even know who sings the song. And so uh, I just felt like the Lord was just really just speaking to me about identity. Think about this. The word Timaeus means highly favored or to be honored. So think about this. His dad is highly esteemed. Listen to this. His dad is highly esteemed. His dad is a man to be honored. But he is a young man that is a beggar. Come on somebody. And he's blind. And, and what I just kept getting out of this whole text, have you ever felt like there's something on the inside of you? Come on somebody. That has got to be greater than where you find yourself at today. Have you ever felt like there's something down deep inside of you even though a teacher didn't see it? Come on, somebody. Even though your Sunday school teacher didn't see it, your pastor might not have sensed it in your life, but there's something on the inside of you that you know that you're not called to be a beggar. You know that you're not called to be a blind man. If your father's mean something highly esteemed, for surely there's gonna be something greater in your life. And so I, I thought about this, that his name... First of all, he has no identity. He's just a son of somebody. 
if y'all help me out, we'll have some church on this. I got some good parts in here, I promise you. There's some good parts where it actually gets anointed. You with me? He doesn't even have no identity. He don't know who he is. He's just a son of somebody. Listen to this. Listen, you can live off a of mom and daddy's encounter for so long, friend. Come on, somebody. But there comes a point in time when you got to have your own encounter. When you got to know who God truly is. Come on, somebody. Listen. Listen, you can stand on my faith maybe through a couple of storms, but they some storms going to hit, friend, that you're going to have to have your own faith to ride it out. You're going to have to know that God's a healer. You're going to have to know that God's a provider, friend. Come on, somebody. You can hear how he provided for Steve, but if you ever experience it for yourself, there ain't no devil in hell can ever lie to you, friend. I feel the whole. Listen, you come a day late and a dollar short to tell me the Holy Ghost ain't real. Why? Because I ain't read about it in a book somewhere. I've experienced it for myself. And when you experience it for yourself, friend, nobody can deceive you from it. So his daddy's highly favored. He has no identity. The only identity he's got is what he's picked up from the world. He's known as a beggar. Oh, I came to talk to the struggler this morning. Whew, boy, I feel you, God, in this room right here. I feel you, God, in this room this morning. It's amazing how some of the times that our struggles, we begin to get identity from what we struggle with instead of who God says we are. Come on now. Come on now, listen, you're no longer a sinner. I'm tired of that kind of stuff. Listen, I, that's just going to be repeat for Cornerstone people. Listen, we are no longer sinners. Come on, somebody. We are saints of God in Christ Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you believe you're a sinner, friend, you can't even read the books that Paul wrote because he didn't write them to sinners. He wrote to the saints at Thessalonica. He wrote to the saints at Ephesus. Come on, friend. We are a saint of God in Christ Jesus now. Now, he, he's on this roadside. And Jesus has showed up to Jericho. Nothing's going on in Jericho. This blind man, first of all, Mark is the only one that includes a name of one of the blind men. Luke doesn't, he just said they were blind men. Matthew says that they were just blind men. But Mark highlights that Bartimaeus is the son of Timaeus. He has no identity. In other words, his dad is highly esteemed, but look at his life. Now let's go a little further. There's something I have always, when I met the Lord in 1998, and when I had that encounter in Bo Turner's church in Nichols, Georgia, in 1998, I always sensed that there was something greater on the inside of me. Come on, somebody. Has anybody else ever felt like when we planted the church in Alma, we went from 2000, when we planted it in 2006, when other people rode by and saw a storefront, there was never a storefront on the inside of me, friend. It's just what I found myself in at that moment. Come on. It's just what I found myself in in that moment. It was never my identity that I was a storefront preacher. On the inside of me, I was preaching the nations. Come on, somebody. And if you don't see yourself, if you don't see yourself, what you envision about yourself is what you're going to become, friend. If you see yourself great, you'll become great. If you see yourself as a beggar, you're always going to stay as a beggar. But Bartimaeus said, listen. I may have never seen him, but I know my daddy's got to be something with the name he's got. His name means highly esteemed and favored. I may find myself blind beggar today, but I've heard about one. I heard about one that has been raising the dead, opening the ears of the deaf, making the lame walk and the blind see. If I can get next to that man, for surely he can make me a new man. 
your first time here, I'll holler if you don't know that. Every preacher we got hollers except for Jess. And he just brings it down to a fine point. Sometimes you got to have that, right? Come on. Stanton's going to scream too. So just get used to it. We're not mad at nobody but the devil. Come on now. Listen to this. There's something on the inside of me. There's something on the inside of me. And I know that I'm not destined to be right here on this roadside. It's just where I find myself right now. It's just where I happen to be, but this is not my destiny. Friend, I want to talk to you this morning. I don't care what side of the tracks you come from. It doesn't have to be your end. Come on, somebody. Where you start has nothing to do with how you end up. It has everything with what you believe, friend. Come on, somebody. Now listen to this. Hebrews eleven twenty four. I love this verse of Scripture. It says, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It said he refused to be labeled as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Listen, I don't care how I was raised, there's something different in my life. None of my family, I don't know, I haven't did the whole, uh, whatever, what you call it, ancestry or did all that kind of stuff, but I don't know nobody in my family that is spirit-filled as a preacher of the gospel. But one thing about it, listen to me, what I started with my life, I said, listen, I may come from a lineage of nothing but alcoholics, but when I met Jesus Christ, friend, come on somebody, he changed my life. I broke that generational curse off of my family. And from this day forward, starting with me, starting with this John Bagley, come on somebody there's a whole new generation of Bagley's that's going to come forth in the earth spirit filled men and women of God come on now this is what Pharaoh this is what my, I refuse to be labeled that I refuse to be labeled an alcoholic I refuse to be labeled an addict I refuse to be labeled defeated I refuse to be labeled a victim I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus and I can do all things through him who strengthens me you got to refuse that friend I God, I feel, I'm just, I'm a little overexcited. Stan, I feel like I went to Toronto with you. I stayed up watching Heidi last night, man. You should have stayed over. That was that was the real deal last night. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to be held down to small thinking, small people. Come on, friend. I refuse. This is what he said. I refuse to be labeled that. I refuse to be labeled that. You don't understand what's on the inside of me. If God's on the inside of me, then greatness is on the inside of me. Come on, somebody. I said if the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, friend, you can defeat anything. Did you hear what I just said? I'll say it again. I said if the Spirit of the living God is on the inside of you, you can defeat anything. It's a lie. That thing that says it's got you bound is an absolute lie. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That's what I said. I said know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What is the truth? The truth is it's already been defeated. The truth is Jesus has overcome death, hell, and the grave. And if he has overcome, my God, I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Hot. Hot. Hot, we got to go right here. Now listen to this. Here's how it's got to happen. First of all, there's something on the inside of me. Now I refuse not to have it. You understand that? I refuse not to be all that God said I can be. Did you hear what I said? I refuse not to be all that God said I could be. Now how am I going to walk in that? Matthew 11 and 12. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffer violent, but the violent take it by force. 
It's when you sense God's in the room that you press right on through there, friend. Come on, somebody. We just not desperate. We just not desperate yet. Come on now. Let's just be honest with ourselves. And I heard Bill Johnson say it best like this. He said, you know, when, when we, we'll be sitting on the couch and we'll be hungry. You're hungry. But you're not willing to go in the kitchen. So you wait till somebody else gets in the kitchen. So Catherine can go in the kitchen and said, you want something? Yes, I believe I do. I need a sandwich. Why? What's the deal? I wasn't willing to go in there and get what I said I wanted. This is the kingdom of heaven. Take it by force. You with me? The violent. Take it by force. You've got to lay hold of it, friend, with tenacity. Now, God is sovereign, and God does sovereignly just touch people's life. But listen to me. More than what he sovereignly just uh, overtakes someone like Saul on the road to Damascus, more than likely you've got to get up and pursue, and you've got to go after it to lay hands on it. Come on, sir. I refuse to die with cancer. Come on, somebody. Now you're not listening to me. Listen, every one of the every one of the apostles died except for John, uh, but they were crucified, right? And the uh, church history says he was thrown in a pot of boiling oil, and he refused to die, so they left him on the island of Patmos. Listen, when you refuse to go down, you won't go down. The violent rise, there's something with the inside of you cause you want to fight and say, you know what? Listen, I refuse to be broke. There's something in me. I refuse this. Listen, I refuse to have my family at the back of the line. I refuse this. The kingdom of heaven suffer violent, but the violent take it by force. Something's got to rise on the inside of you to want to lay hold of it. Listen, what are we talking about? We talk about the spirit and the power of God is in this room this morning. What do you got to do? You got to be willing to lay hold of it, friend. Listen, I refuse to attend another church service that my life has not changed. Come on, sir. I'm tired of meeting preachers. I'm tired of meeting good worship teams. I'm tired of going to good church services. You got to press beyond that and touch the hem of his garment. Come on, friend. The violent take it by force. With this mentality, you don't care if you got on something from J.C. Penney or something from Nordstrom, friend. You just try to reach in and grab hold of something. You don't care what songs being sung. They be singing at the midnight cry, friend. You just trying to find God. This is the violent taking it by force. I know this lifestyle very well. I, I mean, I was born with war. <laughs> I come out with the, with the, with the sword. Listen, when you refuse to be refused, it's amazing what changes in your life. Some of you, if you would just get on your property, put your foot down, say, devil, I had enough of it. Did you hear what I said? Some of you dads, if you'd raise up in your home, put your foot down, say, devil, I had enough of it. I've denounced every, I've denounced every work of hell in my house. Come on, somebody. I declare like Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I declare that my children will walk upright in God all the days of their life. I declare that we're blessed and highly favored. This is the violent taking it by force. I declare, devil, you've been defeated. And according to the book of Colossians, Jesus made an open shame of you on the cross. Walk your property like that and see what happens you got a child that's running and backsliding I dare you to get up in war with them this is how the violent take it by force devil I want to tell you right now you're absolute lie you ain't gonna have my child the bible said train them in the way that they should go even if they depart they shall come back to it I'm here to tell you I'm calling them back to their destiny right now in the name of Jesus devil you are a liar this is how to violent take it by force. We lay hold of it. Tiny Tim ain't gonna get nothing. I better quit. People listening to this think I'm mad. I listen. 
God help me right here. Genesis 32. Genesis 32. Jacob's granddaddy knew God. His daddy knew God. But Jacob knew about God. There's a difference between knowing God and knowing about and the knowing about God. Moses knew God, but Israel knew about God. Israel knew that water would come from a rock. They knew that manna would fall from heaven, but Moses knew God. Jacob's name means trickster, swindler, deceiver. Living life on the run. Come on, somebody. Runs up with Rachel. She's good looking. Remember that he tells Laban. Laban says you got to work seven years for. Remember that he gave her the ugly sister. Let's note about right. Come on. Gets the ugly sister Leah. Gets Rachel the next day on credit. But got to work another seven years. He's at this point in his life. He tells Laban listen we fixing to get out of here. But I want to make a deal with you. You give me all the spotted and speckled uh, 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 sheep or whatever. And then for my payment or whatever. He deceives Laban, takes the flock. Remember this? And now he's got to go run and meet Esau, his brother, who he had cheated Esau, his own brother, out of the birthright. Y'all with me? We're just, we're just catching about five chapters right here real quick. And so now he's on the run. He's on the run and, and he knows that he's about to meet Esau, his brother. And so he sends, sends out to, uh, to, 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 uh, to go meet Esau, sends out one of his people to go meet Esau. They come back and tell him Esau's coming with a crowd. Remember this? So Jacob's now afraid. So he splits half of his, half of his livelihood and half of his people into two groups. And he himself goes over by himself along to pray. And in this prayer meeting, he meets God. Come on now. And the scripture says he wrestles. Has anybody ever wrestled in this room? I'm a, I mean, I've had to wrestle some things in my life. Come on. I'm trying to tell you right here how to get, I'm telling you how to kill the devil and how to get some things off our lives. Come on now. He wrestles. He wrestles. And so much so that the, that the, that the angel that he's wrestling with has to touch his hip socket and knock his hip out of alignment. And then he says, but look at, listen to his heart's cry. He said, I will not let you go. I will not let you go. God help me right here. Listen, because see, he knew that Abraham, his grandfather, he knew that Isaac, he had watched their life. Their life was supernaturally blessed. Come on, somebody. He had watched his father sow in a land of famine and reap a hundredfold in a land of famine. Come on. That's like the stock market tanking and you buying stock and making millions when everybody else is tanking. How many knows that's supernatural? And he's got this one opportunity. Now I finally got a face-to-face -face encounter with this God whom I've always heard about. But it's always been through them. I've never had a real encounter with God myself, but it's always been what I heard about. Friend, I want to tell you, when your life is changed, is when you go from hearing to knowing. When you, go, when you go from reading to experience, that's when your life is changed. I will not let you go. I will not let this moment go. I will not let you go until what? You bless me. Y'all right? I'm getting close right here. 
I, 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 I got to go back to, we're going to go back to the book of Mark in just, just a minute. But listen to this. David is the youngest of eight sons. Jesse has eight sons. I'm talking about sensing something on the inside. And how do you get to what you're sensing on the inside of you? I'm still right here. This is where he was at. I'm blind, but, but by George, my son, I am the son of something great. This is where he's at. This is where, Bartimae, I am the son of something great, but at this current condition, my life is not great. But I refuse to go out like this. This is where he's at. David. Jesse had eight sons. He's the youngest. He's number eight. The number eight means new beginnings and abundance without lack. It means new beginning and abundance without lack. I want you to see this. David's great-grandfather. His grandfather is Obed, right? His daddy's named Jesse. His grandfather's name Obed. Who Obed's dad is who? Ruth and Boaz. Boaz was an extremely wealthy farmer who had plenty of land. Somewhere throughout the generations, Jesse's down with a little small portion of the farm. Come on, you with me? And he's got eight sons. And now he believes in the other seven, but David he don't even really believe in. Some theologians believe that he was conceived illegitimately. Oh, look at this. Friend, you got to see this right here. The devil tries to make where you come from, how you got here, and tries to make you disqualified. I came to talk to somebody this morning. Anybody ever felt disqualified in your life? Anybody ever felt like you didn't get the silver spoon? Listen to me. You don't have to get the silver spoon. All you have to do is get the cross. When you get the cross, you don't get the silver spoon. You get the gold spoon. David's out worshiping. Taking care of what the Bible calls a few sheep. Jesse don't even think he's even qualified for anything. Samuel hears the word of the Lord. How long are you going to mourn over Saul? See, I've, I've rejected him as king. Rise up from here and go to Jesse's house and anoint one that I have called to be commander over my people. He pulls up to, he pulls up to Jesse's house. Who does he got out there? He's got Eli about there first. He was tall, handsome, nice build. Kind of look like me. So he goes on. And remember, Samuel was quick. He was quick to the draw because he looked at him. He was quick to the draw and he went to, and God stopped him. He said, I don't look the way man looks. You look at his outward appearance, but I look at the inside. Y'all, there's so much right here. If you get it on the inside, it's a matter of time for it to be visible on the outside. He goes through all of them. Don't have nobody else. I got one son less. He, he's number eight. But he's out there tending the few sheep we got. We'll call him up here. He comes up there. And listen, it wasn't that. Listen, here's the deal. What actually had is he had a ram's horn. And it was full of oil. And when he would turn it up, if it wasn't God's man, the oil wouldn't flow. Come on. 
Come on, how many knows this is what would happen? He had the ram's horn of oil, and when he turned it over, it would not flow. But when David stood in it, the oil began to fall on him. Now David has been anointed king. What does he know? Greatness is on the inside of him. Where is he living? On the backside of a desert with a few sheep. Come on, somebody. And he's got a harp in his hand that he plays unto God at night. So his dad calls him and he says, he says, David, I need you to get down there because your three oldest sons, they're at war. They fight, they're helping Saul with the war. Go down there and check on them. Take them some cheese and bread and, and just, just take them some supplies and go down there and see your three oldest brothers. He gets down there. Goliath has held the army of God up. How many knows this, right? We have 1 Samuel 17 in the valley of Elor. Goliath has come out and he has stood the army of God up. Nobody would go out and fight this man. Come on. Goliath, the giant. Saul's pacing back and forth. Eli looks at David. Eli looks at David and he said, I know your wicked heart, what you, the pride and all this. Listen, that wasn't in his heart, that was in Eli's heart. Have you, have you ever had somebody to project their heart on your heart? Look at the devil trying to kill him, trying to do anything he can to discourage him away from what's on the inside of him. He's down there and he hands him, listen, listen, and he hears Saul, Saul pacing. For the man that can kill this giant right here to get us over this hill right here. The man that can take out Goliath. He's going to be a wealthy man. Listen what it says. He said he's going to get my daughter. He ain't going to have to pay taxes. He's going to live in the king's palace. This is what's going to happen to the man. David said, do what? Well, what was that? He eased back over to Saul. He said, do what? He said, he said, I'll go fight Goliath. What caused him to go want to face Goliath? What was laying on the inside of him? What he heard Samuel say about his life? Come on, come on. I'm not saying he was, the Bible, that, listen, you better believe he was scared. How many believes he was scared? I guarantee you he was scared. What he was riding on is the fact that what he had developed with God in the midnight hour out there with the sheep. When the bear and the lion, listen, when he faced him, what did he remind him of? He... Goliath looked at him and said, you coming at me? Man, I'm a man of war. You coming at me, you young boy? Listen, he said, let me tell you something. The same God, listen, the same God that I was worshiping. Back there when the bear came in to get one of daddy's little sheep. See, I was faithful over the little things. Now God's about to make me rule over much. Come on, somebody. When that bear came in to get one of them, hey, God delivered that bear into my hands. When the lion came in, God delivered the lion. And the same God that helped me over a bear. And the same God that helped me over a lion. Is going to help me over you today. What are you saying? I'm telling you, sometimes you got to grab, you got to grab Goliath by the neck and put him under your feet. What is your Goliath? That voice in between your ears saying you ain't going to make it. You're going to go down. Your children's going to be on drugs all their life. No, you got to put that Goliath under your feet. Church, I'm trying to help us here. I said the same God that set Clay free. The same God that set John free. The same God that set Steve free. The same God that set Terry free. The same God that set Jamie free. It's the same God that's going to free your children. Now, I got 10 minutes to get this thing in here. Now, notice what he says. His daddy, he's the son He's the son of something great, but he's not great. Now we see his attitude. I dealt with this. 
I refuse to stay like this. I'm not going down like this. Now, when he, when, he, when he hears that Jesus is getting near, he's blind. So he's blind. He's sitting there. He hears a crowd noise get up. He hears the shuffling of the feet as people arrange on the street there to get a glimpse of Jesus. And he hears them. He hears the crowd pick up and he gets a little closer, gets a little closer. Gets a little closer, gets a little closer. People are stepping on him, pushing him to the side. Get your sorry carcass out of the way. We're trying to see the king. He starts hollering out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He hears the crowd pick up, so his voice has got to pick up. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd elevates to try to drown him out. This now he's standing to his feet and he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, why is this important? Because everybody else saw him as Jesus, the carpenter's son. When he said, thou son of David, what he was saying is Messiah, God, have mercy on me. What he was saying, listen, when the rest of the crowd saw a Jewish carpenter, maybe even a prophet coming to town, he saw God coming to town. Pull this one verse of scripture up right here. The only one I ask you to get right here. Help me right here. Look, I want you to read this one verse of scripture with me. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What is it? He who comes to God must first what? Believe he who he is. Bartimaeus was sitting there with a beggar's coat on which identified him as a beggar and a poor man. Come on, somebody. But when he stood up to his feet, listen to me, and he began to holler, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The scripture says that Jesus stopped in his tracks. You know why? Because the other people said, oh, that's just Jesus. We saw him the other day. Oh, you know that's Mary's son. That's the one Mary had illegitimately. Come on, somebody. Oh, that's James's brother. But he was sitting there saying, God, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me, Jesus stopped the crowd and he said whoever saying thou son of David I want you to bring him to me listen Bartimaeus stood up and as he stood up he removed he removed that jacket but beggar clothing saying my God let me tell you something today's the last day I'll ever wear this what are you saying preacher I'm telling you if you'll get a hold of God today is the last day and that thing will ever play your life I'm telling you He laid the past. Let me tell you something. When you come to this altar to pray for sick, if you, if you got something going on in your body, this is how you approach it. You're not going down here to see the fat, bald-headed preacher at Sparks. Or you're not coming down here to see the young, skinny, good-looking preacher from Sparks. You're coming down here to see God Almighty. Are you with me now? And this is how I approach when I walk the aisle to go for something for God. As I get closer, I say, let me tell you something, God. I didn't come to see no denomination. I didn't come to see a preacher. I didn't care to see what he got on, but I came to see you. And I believe by faith today, I can reach through the hem of the garment and touch him. Come on, friend. It was no Canaanite. 
It was the woman with the issue of blood said, if I can but touch the hem, if I can but touch the hem, I know I'll be made whole. It was the Canaanite woman said, I only need a crumb. See, most of the church has got to have the whole cake. She said, but just give me one little crumb and miracle and it'll change my life. That's the faith in God we got to have. I just need a crumb that falls from the master's table. It was a centurion. Just give me one word. You ain't got to write me no essay. You ain't got to send me no CDs and cassettes. Just give me one word. Just give me one word and my life will forever be changed. One word and my life will forever be changed. One word and my life will forever be changed. It's time the church believe who he said he is again, friend. I said it's time the church believe who he said he is again. We're moving, we're moving in the days ahead when the icicles and the vacuum cleaner salesmen have got to set down, friend. People are ready for the power of God to be on display. They tired of mere knowledge. Listen, we gotta be like the apostle Paul. We didn't come with man's enticing words or wisdom, but we came in a demonstration in the power of the spirit. If we preach God heals, by George, let's see him heal. Friend, I'm putting it all on the line today. I'm trying to tell you. I'm almost done right here. Now this is what he said. He laid that past to the side. I'm not, let me tell you what he did. He laid the identity from that old life down to go get the identity who he knew he was I'm the son of greatness and by George this is the last day I'm ever taking a can out here beside this street anymore I'm not going to be a beggar I'm not going to be a bar I'm fixing to be a lender because I'm fixing to get it come on I mean either God said who he, he either is who he said he is or he ain't that's been the whole theme of this service. Either God is who he said he was or he ain't. Come on. I mean, where is the Elijah's of God that are climb on the mountain of God? And say, I'll tell you what, pour water on this joker right here. Pour water. Listen, you don't, if you plan it on starting a campfire, water is not what you want to add on to the wood. But this is faith in God, friend. He makes it in front of Jesus. After the crowd tried to cotton him, said, just shut up, man. You're not even worthy to even be in the line anyhow. He makes it front and center with Jesus. But see, what I want to tell you the whole time is when the crowd saw a beggar, Jesus saw greatness. He wouldn't have stopped if there wasn't nothing great. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see greatness or do you see a failure? God saw greatness because He was the Son of greatness. What do you want from me? I want to see. I just want to see. Now we know this according to Scripture. That this last day's church, one of the problems it's going to have is vision. So how do you know that? The church at Laodicea said this. You say that you're rich. Have need of nothing. 
But I say that you are poor, blind, miserable, and naked. I beckon unto you to buy from me, to anoint your eyes, right? With salve that you may see. I feel like this is what's happening, man, on the earth. That it's like the eyes of the church are being opened to the hungry. Are you with me? You, would you not agree with that? Did you not see some desperate people in Toronto? And I was sitting there thinking, watching, watching Heidi preach last night, who stayed in a crouched position, never stood in a crouched position, never fastened her eyes at the crowd, just stayed very low to the ground, and she was just speaking, just low to the ground. And I was thinking, if we brought her to South Georgia, our people would get up and walk out. Because they wouldn't think that was church. And yet the power of God was moving in that place like unbelievable. Let me tell you this. I think I can't remember the exact quote. I think it's around 140 something. That's how many they quit counting. And this was a quick counting. I want to think like either five or six years ago. The, the, Rosie may know this better than I. It's, it's, it's a good bit ago. Let me just say this. It's north of five years ago. How many times that, that when they stopped counting, how many people that she has raised from the dead? See that? Listen, when you, you hear how people, I don't know if that could happen. Oh no. That's because we live down here in the south. Where we fat and full. Hello. I remember listening to her one meeting, whatever that anyhow that they apologized at the pastor's conference that they got there because a translator had died. And she said it took us nine hours to raise him from the dead. They raised him from the dead, got him a bottle of water, and kept on preaching. Huh? People people like I just don't know about that. Huh? I just is that not in your Bible in Acts chapter 11? I mean, come on somebody. I mean, John chapter 11, come on somebody. Did, did, did he not call Lazarus who were four days dead? Come on. Come on, church. Did he not say in Matthew 10, go preach the gospel. Listen to me. This right here, run the visitors off right here. Did he not say in Matthew 10, go preach the gospel. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. In the same in the same sentence as preach the gospel, heal the sick. Cleanse the leper, raise the dead. So we know that vision is a problem. So Paul prays this wonderful prayer. Pull up Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, uh, Gavin, around verse 15. Let's see what verse 15 starts us at. We're closing right here with this right here, friend. We're done. Put your seatbelt on because we're going to come to the airport. Therefore, I also heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Let's go verse 16. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Do you know what revelation is? Do you know what revelation is, friend? It's a divine unveiling of something that was already there. Why? You just didn't have eyes to see it. You know why the church ain't pressing into healing? Come on, somebody. Because they ain't got eyes to see it. Why? Why some churches, are they got counseling rooms left and right trying to get you how to cope with life's problems and telling you how to overcome it? They don't have eyes to see it. 
what we believe in this church is there is grace to cover a multitude of sin, but we also believe there is power to overcome sin. It's a divine unveiling. It's living broke half your life because you ain't got you don't have eyes to see that there's prosperity in the gospel. I can't see. 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 I need you to open my eyes, Jesus. I can't see. I don't understand why my family's been through all this hell. I don't understand. I don't understand, God. I can't see. I can't see, but this is what we need. Revelation, the divine unveiling that we can see. Come on, friend. Listen, my people are destroyed. Why? Because of a lack of knowledge. What we cannot see is killing us. But if God opens our eyes and anoints our eyes with salve, I just don't understand why this sin keeps showing back up in my life. It seems like I can't never get victory over it. It's because you need a little bit of revelation. Come on, friend. But once you get revelation over that thing and God cuts the light on it, it'll be forever broken in your life. Come on. I pray that God, come on, stay with me right here, Gavin. Don't get wide on me right now. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What's wisdom to know what to do to apply it? It don't matter how much you know, you got to know how to apply what you know. I'm helping us right here, friend. Listen to me. If you want to go from a beggar to something great, you got to have revelation and you got to have wisdom. Wisdom is knowing how to apply the counsel you just got. Well, you just don't understand. My family's had to borrow from the bank every time we ever needed something. All you need is revelation and wisdom. And that'll stop in your life. See, you look at me like you're crazy. You, you mean to tell me that, you mean to tell me that just, just going up and paying cash for a vehicle is only for the wealthy? Now, maybe if you want to buy a Bentley, it may be just for the wealthy. Come on, somebody. Man, I, there's so much stuff right there I want to say, but I ain't got time. We got to go on. They some good rabbits just jumped out right there. Give you the spirit of wisdom. Know how to apply the revelation and the knowledge of what? Him. All right, let's go to verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Let me say this. The church has got to quit looking through these and start learning how to look through this. Come on. When we got the word that this was going to be the breakout year, we sure couldn't see it with this. We had to learn how to see with this. And this right here had to tell this. Come on, somebody. This right here, sometimes... I feel the Holy Ghost in here, Steve. Sometimes this right here has got to tell this right here because this right here is trying to give me a false message. This right here said the church ain't growing. You ain't doing nothing. But this right here said, but you don't understand what God said. And if God said it, don't matter what this said. God's not limited to this. Come on, friend. I said God's not limited to this. This came out. This that you see came out of this that was released here. We understand that the worlds were framed. Now we, this Hebrews, we understand that the worlds were framed by the power of His Word. Come on. God is the, God, Jesus is the Word. God is the initiator, the Father, the Father of thoughts. It starts here in the Father. 
Jesus is the word. So the word had to release it. Come on, somebody. And the Holy Ghost is the manifesto word. So God said, let there, God had the thought, let there be light. Jesus said, let there be light. And the Holy Ghost said, light. This is our eyes being enlightened, learning how to see from here. Learning how to live from here. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened what that we may that being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of what his calling what are the riches somebody church help me here y'all some rich folk I said my God we some rich folk I changed how I talk in 2018 because I said, was like, Daddy, can we get? I said, Listen, just because your daddy's filthy rich, don't mean we go up and buy everything. Huh? That's all he knows is daddy's filthy rich. Why? Because my daddy is filthy rich. And he does on the cattle of a thousand hills. Come on! All right. God, got four people gonna believe in this. What? Listen, I'm going from a blind beggar that can't see him. To now I've done declared him God of my life. Now I'm telling him I want to see. What I want to see, what is the what is the hope? What is the hope? What I want to see, what is the hope? What is the richness of his riches in Christ Jesus that's in my life? If you don't see it, you will never claim it. And the devil come in and say, Well, you know, he blessed Steve. That's just for Steve. That blessing ain't for you like that on your life. That's for the preacher. You know the preacher, he, he has to work all the time and people's aggravating him. It's true, but listen, we won't add that. <laughs> Heard a man say, Pastor, it'd be fun one time if it wasn't for people. But what would we be... Oh, let me see. Listen to this. What are what? The riches of the glory of his, of his inheritance. I dare you to look at your neighbor and say you've been left a big inheritance. Now let me ask you something. If Tom Thomas called you in the morning and said, listen here, I need you to come down here and meet him at his office. And he's got a letter in there. And this is what he won't tell you. Listen, you're downcast. You've had a horrible week. You, you with me? You're living, you can't, you can't, you're robbing Peter trying to pay Paul. This is where you're at. Your money's acting funny. Life's in the dumps. And he tells you, listen, I got something to change your life. And he handed you a letter and you opened it up and you realized that you had a great uncle that you never met. And he left you in his will one million dollars of inheritance. How many believe that changed your day? Can I tell you what I just told you this morning? Is you had an elder brother named Jesus Christ who left you far more than any million dollars. Come on, friend. You just ain't opened the letter up to realize why. Because you can't see. The reason why we're in the money grows is because we can't see. The reason why we walk it down past is because we can't see. I want to see Jesus. I want to see thou son of David. Give me my sight. If you give me my sight, I promise you, I ain't never going to be a beggar no more. Because if I got eyes to see, I can change my life. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint? Verse 19, come on. And what is this exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the 
working of his mighty power. Look at this. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Look at this. Verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. Let's go. And he put all things under his feet and he gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all. Is that it? My God. I'm here to tell you get eyes to see your inheritance. Spend it, friend. It was given to you to be spent. Let's start writing the check. I'm going, I'm, 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 I'm my life's being changed. Where I'm at today will not determine my end up. Don't take a Polaroid of my life right now, friend. This is not the final product. Chris Valentin says this. If it's not good, that means the last chapter ain't been written. If it's not good, the last chapter ain't never been written. You got to keep reading the book. You got to keep reading the book. You've got to keep pursuing him. What are you saying? I'm telling you there's a God in heaven that is violently pursuing you today. And he's trying to tell you no matter where you find yourself at today, you don't have to stay there. Can we all agree with that in this room this morning? That he is trying to get you off of that roadside begging. You don't have to live about a, you don't have to live thinking you know God for yourself, friend. Stand up with me. I know you wore out. Pick it up right just a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands. I feel like there's a grace in this room to receive it just even now. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Just simply receive it. I'll tell you what I want you to really receive from heaven right now is to refuse to be refused. Come on, friend. I'm going to be everything that God said I was going to be. I said I will be everything that God has destined me to be. My identity is not a beggar. I'm a son of greatness. Look at, come on, say that to God. I am a son of greatness. If you are a son of greatness, then you can expect greatness. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.